This is a HeadGum Podcast. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with BiteClear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. BiteClear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. All right, let's freaking go. <laughs> let's do it. Let's dive in. Let's take a shot of life. <laughs> Yeah. Just one big breath. No chaser. A shot of life is just a big ass inhale. <gasps> and then vomiting. Oh, yeah, that's good. Oh, the that's hangovers. good. Oh, that's good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Just a Tip, an advice podcast that's equally about tangents as it is about tips. I'm your host, Megan Batune, and today with me, I have in the studio, Mr. Ross Everett. Hi. Hi. Hello. I almost wanted to do a big announcer. Have you ever hosted uh, an event where you had to introduce other people? Yes. Do yeah. You, do you have like a go-to inflection of your voice? I'm sure. I don't know if it's conscious. Like I think it's like, oh, oh, actually, you know what? <laughs> Wait, what just happened? Uh, uh, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages. I mean, like, yeah, I could, I could turn it on. I but also, that. when I do my show, I yeah. start off stage. Oh, you haven't so seen it yet. You introduce yourself. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because it's like it's such a parody of like that yeah. world of the personal development guru. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what's the most like pathetically narcissistic thing that? <laughs> someone an egomaniac could do is introduce themselves sure so it's like ladies and gentlemen if you're ready for a transformational experience let me hear you say breakthrough breakthrough yeah right and then like i i come out and like i am me you know on the stage <laughs> i am me and i make them do it again so it's it's very i do have a i do have a voice that's very good long answer short question <laughs> I Dimitri Martin has a joke that's like uh, you would never go out and say this is him. You would say, wait, no, what is it? What is the joke he says? Oh no, do you know it? No, <laughs> but I'm, I'm excited to hear it in this moment. Well, you're not going to. Okay. I wish I could. That's one superpower. I was asking a friend the other day. We were taking a test of like ten questions that you should ask your friends to get to know them very well. And one of them was like, "What was your superpower that you would want, and how would you use it?" And in that, I gave like a very profound answer in the moment. But now I think it's just remembering comedians' bits, so that when I say, (laughs) "You want to be, you want to be the Comedy Central Sirius XM channel," that's your superhero. Yeah. I really wish I could tell you the joke, but now I'm mad at myself. Yeah. I had the same. I had this moment last night. I was trying to recreate an Anthony Jeselnik like joke, Ugh. and it was just like, it's about Eric Clapton's son, it's and it's just like a killing three-parter. babies. Yeah, yeah. It's and, always and just... killing other people's babies and watching babies die. Like that's his brand. <laughs> 
But I, I love it, and I was just like, why am I trying to do this justice when it's like he does it so perfectly? I so I just, I just played the clip. That's the other thing. Like, playing a clip is so easy. I had another friend that was, like, consciously took their phone away when they were trying to tell uh, any sort of recollection of stories so that they could know their mind so that they didn't have to resort to a phone. Like, they only relied on their, their the, imagination The unreliable element of memory. The provenly unreliable, <laughs> yeah. like, look, I want to tell this correctly, so I'm going to put away anything that would allow me to confirm that this is how it happened. Right. And I'm going to tell it, tell it solely from the perspective of what has been scientifically proven to be unreliable. Yeah, I also, thought it was a bad idea, too. Yeah, okay. At least we're on the same page. <laughs> For those of you that don't know this voice, you may now know it from his comedy show, Stop Stopping the Unstoppable, which we heard, what, two seconds of? You, yeah. Uh, or it's the book, which also, I have only made it a couple chapters in. Incredible. Thank you. I love it. There's one one chapter of the, the day that I got it, I like flipped to that page and it said like relationships and then it says like are too complicated let's skip it good yeah. luck but the rest of it has like a, a step-by-step how-to and I thought it was so very funny thank you so good I'm like it, it is like my heart's work it feels like it's an amalgamation of everything that I've done in my 20s like the personal development work mm-hmm. with the comedy with the improv and the clown and the stand-up and and uh and also like I worked on Colbert so I was very heavily influenced by the Colbert report and yeah. to bring this all together into something that is is like people like write to me and they're like I get value out of this and I'm like awesome yeah. like, like it, it serves a, a greater purpose than just we're gonna give you some giggles That's throughout it my life you and I were yeah. talking about this the other day but I felt like for for so much of my life I was just like trying to go for the joke and trying to get people to laugh where it's like that's not what I was put on this earth for and Mm -hmm. I think it's just very clear to me now that it's like it's humor and vulnerability and for so long I was pushing away the vulnerability just to like get a good giggle yeah but like the giggle will come the giggle is the the release of tension and there's always going to be tension there's always going to be a release yeah and and also it's like a lot of like you know not to put down the humor that's just humor for humor's sake Mm -hmm. but there's like I feel like given being given the gift of having a sense of humor to be integrated with a greater process such or a, a greater purpose purpose such as like allowing yourself to be vulnerable and I always reference the show friends for this is like they did such a good job of interjecting humor to keep you present Mm. and uh awake and open during those real moments of of drama and romance or, or whatever was going on the more painful moments yeah and I think humor makes truth palatable Right. And there are certain people that it's like, no, we have to hit it on the head, hit it really hard. And then the other side of the spectrum is let's just be goofy for goofy's sake. Mm-hmm. But merging the two of like, no, 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 I'm, like there's value here and we're going to make this really fun to mm-hmm. consume and enjoy and participate in. Because that's always been my approach is like, can't this be fun? Yes. It's like, yeah. It should be. All the synergy. It's have you ever had uh this is so LA centric, but have you ever been to Harvest Moon? Oh, do you eat bacon? Uh, I I don't yeah no not right now and I have <laughs> <laughs> okay get got, your story straight I got defensive um yes I do not eat bacon right now that's fine yeah I will continue to tell you about one of my favorite dishes at Harvest Moon <laughs> are you talking about the one up in the valley yes yes I've been. they do this it's called crack bacon mm-hmm. only one of the ingredients is <laughs> real okay the bacon is real there's no crack in it but it does have the same effect it's like it's honey and salt and pepper and it's just incredible. Okay. All I'm saying is sweet and salty is better than like, just sweet or salty. It's kettle corn, but for bacon. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay. I see. I try a bite. I'm not like like a staunch like. No, I won't eat any of that stuff because yeah. it's like I. I think in this life we're meant to experience as much as possible, or mm-hmm. at least in this life I feel like I'm meant to experience as much as possible. So it's like I've got my ground rules, and my ground rules are kind of to create my baseline. And if something comes along that it's like, well, I'm not going to do this all the time, but I do want this experience, Yeah, I'm going to be a little flexible because that experience is more valuable to me than like holding some steady line. Right. So, and also when it's bacon, you got to have it. Yeah, and also when it's bacon, you gotta have it. My baseline is bacon. Is bacon? Well, you eat like like. All you... right, tread carefully. Yeah, here. yeah. <laughs> no, oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. But if I and I mean this as a compliment, but it's like I'm envious of the way that you're able to eat because if I did that, like I my and I've tried, uh-huh. and my body is like fuck you. No, same. Yeah, mine is doing that daily. Really? That's just like our back and forth love banter. Really, my body will be like fuck you, and I go yeah, that's right, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, I love you. <laughs> yep. Speaking of friends, which character do you relate to the most? Ross. Just because? I mean, it kind of started <laughs> out that way, but then, I mean, I, I'm just like that romantic type. Mm-hmm. And like, I definitely feel like sometimes like when I'm in a group full of people, like I am so passionate about something or like feeling so many oh, emotions yeah. and they're like, don't be so emotional. And like like the the whole vision of me becomes like this like hi you know but I I I don't know like the older I get I'm like oh like I really like Ross I really like Ross he's my favorite really Mm -hmm. you're not just saying that no well here's what's interesting and kind of weird Uh is my first like sexual dream as a kid was Ross was David Schwimmer and me taking a shower wow yeah no funky business just you know some suds yeah. A little a little rub and suds. Oh God. Yeah. I'm a child, Ross. Please. Yeah, now this got weird. <laughs> I was <laughs> I mean, it's weirder for Schwimmer, but I mean For sure. Yeah. Uh which one are you? You're I mean Who do you think Oh, that's see, such an annoying is, question. Yeah, but I'm what age do you I'll think play, I am? I'll play. You'll right? play. Yeah, yeah. Um I kinda think you're a closet Monica. I am a for sure Monica. Yeah. Oh yeah. I think like like because high like key. you've got high key. High key. You've got like uh your hair is a Rachel, but My you, hair is a Rachel. Your hair is a Rachel. <laughs> but okay. like from like getting to know you in this little time that we've gotten to know each other, like I see I see Monica. I'm so Monica. Yeah. It's bad. Yeah. Yep. Same love for food. Really? Yeah. It's not love. <laughs> okay, we oh, before we jump into anything, I a quick internet stalk all my guests and I found that you think the greatest showman is better than La La Land. Yes. And I agree. Yes. Because here's a, so many people hate the greatest showman. And they're wrong. I the thing is, yes. Yeah. And the other thing is yes. Yeah. I really loved it. I I don't mean to throw so much shade at La La Land. I actually rewatched it on a plane and I was like, this is beautiful. That's and every plane movie. Is everything's better on a plane? Because you're dehydrated and you're not thinking straight. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's like this would be great at ten thousand feet. Um <laughs> when you're crashing. Yeah, and also I did see La La Land on a date and Ooh. it was a like a first date, and I remember being like like thinking this isn't us. Just don't fall in love with me. Oh. Like, like, to, like, like. I was like, please don't be projecting this on me right now. Like, and then, and oh. it was, and then my she my did mind it. was half there. And then, yeah, I mean, that ended in a very interesting way. Months later, but uh, greatest showman. Yes, I found to be such a pleasurable experience. I agree. And um, like plot 
whatever aside, like watching the way that they filmed it, I felt like they did Broadway and like a stage experience right on film in a way that yeah. I haven't seen in a very long time. That's true. Like they, they, it was spectacle, which is perfect because P.T. Barnum is all about creating spectacle and experiences. Mm. And I felt like they did that justice totally and then i would just listen to that soundtrack like while i was making my short film it was so inspiring and like i i got visions while i was in the movie about like the poster for my show i could yeah. i could point out to you in the song um what is it like a million dreams oh like, yeah the moment in the song there's a key change and i got the yep. vision of what my poster was it was like it was effortless for me and i was whoa. just like whoa so i have a very like almost spiritual connection with the greatest <laughs> showman uh 100% more for me than La La Land. I love that. Oh, Rewrite the Stars is incredible. Mm -hmm. A Million Dreams, incredible. Have all of it. It's The soundtrack is what carries it for me. I mean, the movie I really liked, but like the soundtrack I could listen to over and over and over again. There's a song that I'm afraid of. Like, I can't listen to it because I'm worried that it's me. Oh my God, tell me. Never Enough. Oh God. Oh my God. That scene of the movie. Mm -hmm. Holy mess. And I think that's the, she sings it twice. Yeah. One, And it's two completely different like feelings. Yeah. Oh man. And then I fell in love with like Zac Efron and Zendaya. And mm -hmm. I was just like. <sighs> you know what I really love about Zac Efron? Every, everything. His abs? Is it his abs? It's not. Oh, okay. And it's not any, anything about his muscles. It's actually about the fact that he he knows his strengths and he plays them in a very respectful way mm. because he can sing and he's so beautiful that he could be a pop star, but he doesn't. Yeah. He, he does. He acts and he does musicals and that's where he lives and that's where he rocks and shines. It's been weird to watch Zac Efron grow up. You think? Well, for me, it's weird and to watch out, anyone grow up. We're talking up. about muscles. Yeah. He's well, too muscular. And, and like, but here's the thing is like, imagine him in like 20 years. What's this guy going to look like? We don't know. We don't know. He's but then, a transformer. But jump to 20 years from now, we're going to be looking at Zac Efron and maybe we'll think about this conversation and we'll be like, time is a lie. You know? Because so he like, looks the same? No. The, not like there's just a <laughs> painting in the attic of him What do you know about older. Zac Efron that I know? Too much. Um, <laughs> and yeah, but like whenever I watch like actors that I saw as a kid get older, I'm mm. just so reminded of mortality. Oh my god! And like being like we are, we are here as blips for uh, an insignificant amount of time in a vast expanse of. Is this getting too existential for this podcast? This is where I want to live. Okay, right in this for happy a short zone. amount of time yeah, before yeah, I die. Yeah, as long as you can. Now hold on to the moment; it's running away. Um, <laughs> but like that, me in every relationship, right? Oh, running away. <laughs> well, yeah, that yeah, too. Yeah. I yesterday I was reading this book, so yeah, I'm on a quest for knowledge right now, uh -huh. and I'm just trying to like get every. I didn't have any plans yesterday, so I was just like, I want to learn everything I can about whatever I can. So I picked uh, a broad spectrum of like psychology and religion, and I was like, cool, let's get into it. And so I was reading this book. I have like seven books. Yours is one of them in my bed. Like I've got just like a stack of books, and whatever I feel like reading that day, I read. And I was reading this psychology book, and I think I've realized I'm a of uh, what is it called? Avoidant fear, not a fearful avoidant. What is a four? A transformer. Um, no, I am not Zach Efron. Okay. I am a oh god, a four personality types in relationships, and it was uh, attacking. That's for uh, sure. <laughs> when oh, you read something that's so spot on, and you realize like maybe I'm not as unique and individual as <laughs> I want to be. Yeah, yeah. Every BuzzFeed quiz. Yeah. No, it, oh, I'm Beyonce. 
I am Beyonce. Yeah. I forget what it was called, but it, it essentially was this graph of like the the love that you got as a kid. It was like secure or feel fearful avoidant or avoidant dismissive. Oh, and the way that you were loved as a child, obviously we like it makes sense that it carries with us, and that's how we what we look for in in adulthood, except for it just changes a little bit to like where if you weren't given, you know, every like toys and time and love and you're just kind of confused on where you stood with your parent, you grow up to not want anything. So like you shut down yeah. if maybe there's a there's a conflict, then you just run away because that's what you knew. And when you say you, you're referring to yourself. Oh yeah, okay. that's me, baby. Yeah, yeah. Just making sure that we're <laughs> we're on the same page here. It's just interesting and I'm so nervous to be a parent because I'm like, how am I gonna mess this up? You're not going to because you're doing the work. <gasps> You I hope a, so. Yeah, you get to break the cycle. Oh, that's so fun. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So, okay, this is actually the perfect time to tell this story. I would, I would yes. love to hear a story. So, um, and I, I learned this at a Tony Robbins event, so credit where credit is due. Mm-hmm. Walk um, on that fire. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> Did you just orgasm? Yeah, a little. <laughs> I feel like I'm in like a constant state of like half coming, which is like a great way to live. And half going. Yeah. <laughs> We're all just here on this earth right now. Yeah. It's an insignificant amount of time in the great expanse of time. Um, but okay, so here's the story is that um, uh, a man was, uh, he has two sons and he goes to a bar one night and he gets drunk and he gets into a fight and he accidentally kills a guy and he goes to jail for manslaughter and he goes to his friend and he goes like, look, I'm going away for a long time. Would you take care of my sons and just like kind of like watch over them? And the man's like, yes. And the man also happens to be like a social psychologist as all heroes and stories are. Mm-hmm. And as these kids grow up, one uh, becomes like a violent alcoholic like his father. And the other one, like, doesn't ever touch a drop of alcohol and raises a family mm-hmm. and is like, it starts a business and is like really providing for him. And then one day, the alcoholic son gets into a fight at a bar and gets drunk and almost kills a guy. And the psychologist that was kind of like watching over them goes to uh, th- that son and he goes, how did you turn out this way? And he goes, well, with a father like mine, who else could I be? So he goes to the other son, the family man, the business owner that doesn't drink. And he goes, how did you turn out this way? And he says, well, with a father like mine, who else could I be? I want to cry for days. Yeah. Oh, my God. So it's like we get the choice. Like you can like you, you've mentioned this before on, on your videos, like events are neutral mm-hmm. and we get to decide our interpretation of that. So we could either be like, well, that's my dad. That's my mom. This is how I was raised. That's how I get to be. But the power is in seeing it and making conscious decisions to be elsewhere, mm-hmm. to be a, a, a different way of being. And that's what I call breaking the cycle. Like we get the choice to break the cycle as long as we can see it. You can't clean up a mess that you don't see. Right. So the work is just in working to see it and be like, woo, oh, I'm doing the thing. (laughs) You know? I'm doing the thing. That's so interesting, especially with like children of divorce. Like my sister and I have completely different lives. We think completely different. We're also different people. But we were given the same ingredients and we just decided what meal we were going to cook with what we had. Yeah. You're iron chefing your life. Yeah, we are. (laughs) Yeah, we are. Bobby Flay come at me oh my god so many I only watch the Food Network in hotel rooms and I love it okay wait hold on you only watch the Food Network when you're in hotel rooms or in hotel rooms you only watch the Food Network oh my my brain is fried now I I only watch the Food Network in hotel rooms you said it the exact same way and I'm still not clear (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, because like, if I'm in a hotel room, I'm doing other things. Got it. But I meant like, are you exclusive? Like, do you ever watch the Food Network at home? No. Okay. So the only time you're allowed to watch the Food Network. <laughs> well, I can do whatever I want because I am the creator of my own destiny. That you are. Absolutely. I just don't have cable. <laughs> <laughs> she was the creator of her own destiny. She the just only didn't have- thing that she couldn't acquire was cable. <laughs> was PBS in the daytime. <laughs> uh, but I'm always, I'm, I'm always rooting for them. On the PBS? Food Network. No, no, oh, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, on the Food Network, I'm just like, they get some crazy ass ingredient and I'm like, good luck. And they know yeah. exactly. I immediately knew I was going to go Asian. And I'm like, yeah, you did. Yeah. <laughs> you know exactly what you're doing. There's a very get special it. place in my heart for food. Like, oh, same. Like Mine is in my stomach, though. Right? Uh, is that where your heart is? <laughs> in your stomach? Because that's where mine is. Yeah. I have, I would rather receive um, a text of a photo of like food than a sext. Well, that is a sex to me. Yeah. It's like, this is dirty talk. I'm like, describe to me like how delicious the burger that you had was or like, and like, I will salivate. And then if you're like, oh, I'm so horny for you right now. I'm like, oh, that's nice. Thank you. Yeah. You but know? what about the chicken nuggets next yeah, to you? Yeah. Tell me about those nuggets. Um, yeah. What's your favorite food? I mean, can I, do I have to choose? It's so different. I mean, it's definitely the, the Asian realm of food. Mm-hmm. It's just like sushi is such a comfort food f- to me. Like it's, I loved Tobiko as a kid, which is so weird. Like I'm a white Jewish guy. What's Tobiko? The orange row, the flying fish row. Oh, that I thought that's like, called Masago. Masago is a... They're, they're, oh, I see. They're, they're different sizes of orange balls. Yes. yes. And then there's like the salmon row. They're just from different fish. But I think Tobiko is specifically the flying fish. They're a little bit smaller. Mm. Um, and like with the quail egg on top, like that was like my... <laughs> you like mini versions of things. I, yeah. And just like little <laughs> tiny foods. Um, but Have yeah, you had so an easy sushi. bake oven? I've, I've been adjacent to one. But it's never like in what capacity? Like I've leased one. No, I, <laughs> I, my my sister's friend had one, and we would like hang out there all the time. And then they made like the guy version of the Easy Bake Oven, which was like you could make worms, <laughs> like like gooey worms. And I don't even know if you could eat no. them. It was just like I think they were called creepy crawlers. That's n- uh, creepy crawlers. I just I just saw Easy Bake Oven for I just typed in Easy Bake Oven man, and I just see a George Foreman grill. That's hysterical <laughs> is it tiny for children i don't know i mean it's a hundred dollars so i don't oh, it's a four-person countertop mini pizza oven should we buy this <laughs> <laughs> well you don't even have to be drunk to go like crazy shopping never it just needs to be 12 a.m or p.m i am on board at any given with time a pizza of the day. oven if you're gonna get a pizza oven like get a good one like a stone something or other yeah so oh my god a furby did you have a lot of 90s yes. kids 90, did you have a lot of I 90s? I had a lot of 90s kids. So many. Yeah. 90s toys as kids? Yes. Furbies, Beanie Babies, Pogs, uh, Pokemon cards was a big one for me. I had a falling out with a friend because I thought he stole one of my Pokemon cards. Which one? Charmander? Taurus. Is Wait, no, no, no. It was Taurus. called- Taurus. Hold on. It was the bowl. Starts with a T. Are you saying bowl or bowl? Bo- <laughs> I just said the same yes. twice. I'm saying bowl. The bowl, if I'm pronouncing it- Phonetically, bull, b u l l, bull. Yeah, there was no Pokemon that was a bowl. Okay, well, I had different cards than you did. Yeah, you was yours like the Pokemon cards for girls, where it was like salad. Wow, sexist and giving. I need more food. That was the nineties. <laughs> they had oh. easy bake ovens for girls, and then creepy crawlers for guys. I truly can't find a man easy bake oven, and that's no, no, no. It was it was the um, 
It was like creepy crawlers. Like it wasn't, you didn't cook food. You oh, made like bugs. That doesn't make any sense. It was fun. It was like, <laughs> but it was the same contraption. Like here's a light bulb that gets warm enough that it won't hurt you, but could still solidify something. The thing is, what is the stuff in the Easy Bake Oven recipes? Like that can't be real food. Those are on the shelf for decades. Oh, it's, well, it's like a, it's a powder. Right. So it's like, like same with, same with like hot cocoa. Right? Oh, right, it's I guess. Like, it's like a powder mix, and it's like, this isn't activated until you stir water into it. Yeah. Did you, I had an ice cream maker, and that was incredible. <gasps> really? Except for you had to keep on doing it. I was uh-huh. just like, no, I'm tired. Can yeah. I just have one that does it? So th- that's called a Ralph's. <laughs> yeah. You just buy ice cream. I see. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I was mistaken. Okay, <laughs> yeah. okay, okay. Great. Okay, well, this is an advice podcast, but I would love to not get to advice yet because I would like people to get to know you a little bit more. Okay. A game that I call Bursts of Firsts. It's one rapid-fire round of questions that get to know you a little bit more from the first job to the first time you cried in public. We go as fast (laughs) as we can. (laughs) Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here we go. First job. My first job was selling newspaper subscriptions to the Marin IJ. First cell phone. First cell phone was a Nokia 3360. First pet. First pet was a goldfish. First kiss location. First kiss location was in a sauna in Maui. Okay, it's going to stop there. <laughs> okay. Whenever I say stop, you have to explain, elaborate, or tell the full story. <gasps> um, we used to go to like Maui for the summers and there was like a, another family that would join us there and, and um, the sauna was like not for kids but we would always like sneak in and play truth or dare and we just used that as an excuse to like kiss each other steamy literally and yeah, figuratively yeah. and then it like there was I guess like she was also kissing Uh-oh. another guy not good yeah and I think like like I, that was the first time I think I ever like felt stupid for not knowing what was going on Whoa. Yeah, because like I was friends with the other guy. Like all of us would hang out, and her and I would like kiss in public. Like we'd do the stupid thing where like I'd hold gum in my teeth, and then she'd like come and like take the gum out, and it would just lead to like a thirty second makeout thing. Sure. Um, and then uh, like later, I found that like after he left, that they'd been like doing stuff, like real stuff that wasn't like just like the harmless kissing stuff. And I was just like, ooh, like that doesn't feel good. Yeah. So, How old were you? Thirteen, twelve, thirteen. Whoa. Is that early? Um, to be in a sauna with another person or well, to be hurt? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think it's too early to be hurt, but I guess to, so I got my answer. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I hate that, but moving on. Yeah. First choice in a karaoke book. Oh, gosh. This is, see, this is how long it's going to take me to even choose in a karaoke book. Gangster's Paradise Coolio. <laughs> I think the last guest said the same thing. Yeah, it's a good one. How does it go? Um, as I walk through the valley of the shadow uh, of death, hey. I take a look at my life and realize there's nothing left because I've been laughing and brassing so long that even my mama thinks that my mind is gone. And now I always switch into um, the Weird Al Amish Paradise lyrics. <laughs> oh, so, Weird yeah, Al. Yeah, which is just like, that's my childhood as well. Oh my God, I've never heard that song. Are you kidding? No, I, I mean, I have now. The Weird Al one or the, the Coolio one? The real one, I guess. <gasps> Hold on, let me look it up. Yeah, I mean, like, talking about 90s. The thing is, I love so much about the 90s, but 90s hip-hop I was never into because I was listening to, like, 90s pop, like, Walking on the Sun and Smash Mouth. And, yeah, you and, and like, I have Sugar a Ray. very, very, very similar uh, music taste. Yes, we do. Yeah, like, I always say, people are like, oh, Ross, your music taste sucks. I'm like, I have the music taste of a 14-year-old girl Same. in the early 2000s. Oh, my God, yeah. me too. Like, I love One Direction, unironically. <laughs> I know a few people that do. Okay, yeah. this is Coolio's Gangsters. 
Paradise. Paradise. Yeah, it should be the first thing that comes up when you search Coolio. Is it? Are you watching like the music video? Yeah, we got a heartbeat. Okay. Jumped. Yes, this is it. Is that Michelle Pfeiffer in this music video? I think it was made for Dangerous Minds. Yeah. Walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I take a look at my life. I'll let Coolio do it. What's the chorus? You want me to sing it over the verse? <laughs> yeah, sure. I want everyone's the chorus car is, drive to yeah. be horrible. Yeah, no, it'd be really confusing. You better watch how you're talking or where you're walking. Or you and your homies might be lying to chalk. It's really weird as like a white guy from the suburbs to sing this song <laughs> because it's like I have this is not my struggle at all. <laughs> yeah. Like what is or your... you and your homies might be like what would be my gangster's yeah, paradise? Yeah, totally. Like what would your okay. struggle be if you had to um, do a gangster's paradise? Like you'd be like uh, wearing two shirts and afraid to change for gym. All the people looking at me, I don't want to be judged. <laughs> <laughs> They're teasing and they're hating and they're keeping away And all I want to do is get together and play hey. But they gonna say that I'm looking really weird The girls think I'm gross I can't grow a beard Okay Yeah um, My parents <laughs> My parents are loving But I don't want to cry Because if they see me Then I have to lie And I don't want them to worry About what's going on So I show up to school And I pretend like nothing's wrong Hey I was oh. like, that was pretty decent. Honestly, <laughs> right? I think you had a greatest show moment yeah. right now. Like, like that. So that is definitely the struggle of like my middle school experience was totally. like body image issues and not wanting to seem weak to my family. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I guess that also leads into like the first time I cried in public. Oh, we'll get there. Here I'm we go. Sure. Yeah. First thing you think when someone doesn't answer the phone? Uh, they're busy. Oh, that's good. Yeah. First celebrity crush? Amy Jo Johnson. First concert? Ooh, um, uh, uh, it was going to be the Spice Girls, but it wasn't because my mom saw it was rated PG-13, but it was <laughs> Blink-182 and Sum 41. Oh, nice. First yeah. scar. First scar was uh, on my arm. I ran into a glass door because the babysitter asked me if I wanted to build a bird feeder in the backyard, and the answer was a resounding yes. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. You've had a lot of moxie since uh, you were a kid. A I lot of like fervor. Oh, I have like incredible for birds, for, for birds mostly. Um, <laughs> I have like this enthusiasm and this is a pretty good metaphor for my life. I get excited and I go charging and I don't care what's in front of me. And sometimes it, oh my God. like I'll hit a wall. That's incredible as a, of a metaphor. Right? And like, so like, she's like, do you want to go out and make a bird feeder? And I was like, yeah. And I ran and the door was closed uh, and I hit it with my knee and it shattered. And I was very fortunate, but like I have this little half moon scar. Oh, this isn't my first scar. It's the best scar. I have a scar from like a hernia surgery that I had when I was two, but this is a good Oh my one. God. You, um, what? When I was two, I had like a hernia. I don't remember. Isn't any that like of an it. older person thing to have, or am uh, I? Ignorant? I'm an old soul. Oh, cute, yeah. <laughs> and and an old like a yeah. stomach. <laughs> I think I was like built poorly. Like like there are elements of this. There was just like yeah, like this guy's eighty. <laughs> Benjamin buttoning me. But the yeah, the first one I remember getting was like hitting that door and like like they were like oh well he's bleeding so I I didn't get any stitches or anything but they they put a bandaid on it. Whoa, yeah. put a bandaid on something that you should maybe had stitches. Yeah, for. maybe. Yeah. I've done that too. Yeah. 
Okay. Stitches also as a concept, disgusting. Like you're like, sewing flesh yeah. together. We're slowly becoming puppets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Or in, pillows. In many more <laughs> yeah. in many more ways than one. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> we're almost done here. Okay. First thing you do when you like someone. Ooh. <laughs> like romantically? Yeah. Um I I probably wonder if I'm good enough. Oh, first show you binge watched. Uh, uh, arrested Development No, Family Guy Ooh. First excuse you make when trying to cancel plans Um, Excuse I make when trying to cancel plans I think it's um, I, I didn't think this through Oh, that's good yeah. First time you cried in public Um, In public uh, What comes to mind This isn't in public But like uh, with my, my parents in the room Like I cried when Uh like these kids said that they were coming to pick me up to go bowling together and then they stood me up. No. Yeah. And I remembered like because again, here's Ross getting really excited. Mm. And like I was like dancing in the in the hallway and I was like, Mom, like I can't hang out tonight. Like I'm going out with friends. And then they like didn't come and this is pre cell phones. And I couldn't get so I called their home and answering machine and they just didn't come and get me. And I just remember like bawling and being like I I'm hate such these a loser. Kids. Where are they now? Um I don't know, living their, living their life. Like, here's the thing is like looking back, it's like clearly these kids had other shit going on. Like this wasn't about me. Yeah. But, um, like in the moment I felt like such a loser. And of actually course. this was like a huge realization. Like I've done a lot of work around this specific story wow. because I, I grew up and there's still a part of me that's like, Ross, you're a loser. Mm-hmm. And, um, like realizing that in that moment that I was the only one that was thinking that I was a loser. Like mm-hmm. my mom wasn't like Ross is a loser. She had your idea, which is these asshole kids. And then the next step of that is like go to like the universal perspective and it's like why why would this have happened to you? Right? How how could this have been for your highest possible good? And I I would never stand anybody up. Like I'm, I'm very good at communicating and staying in communication, especially if I'm on my way to meet somebody. And it's turned me into like a very empathetic, inclusive person. And I was like, wow, like that experience, that one experience, like totally shifted my way of being in a way that's like, I'm, I'm sensitive to how other people are feeling around me. Yeah. Um, And I was like, for that, I'm really grateful for it. I love that. It's fun. I don't think I've ever been stood up. What are you doing next Tuesday? (laughs) Getting stood up, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) But if you, if I know you're not going to show up, it's not really standing up. Oh, you won't know. (laughs) (laughs) you won't know Uh, I think we have a good grasp on who Ross Everett is how do you feel about knowing yourself I think I actually realizing this I think I know myself better than I give myself credit for yep yeah sometimes when you said you felt like a loser in that moment and still do sometimes now like I feel like that all the time. Mm-hmm. And and we are the only ones thinking like that we're not good enough or not funny enough or not whatever. I I wrote um, some affirmations for my assistants on the board today and they wrote some back to me. Oh. And I was like, this is so nice. I'm going to cry. And one of them was, uh, I think the first affirmation they sent back to me was, uh, my power is in my presence. And I was like, oh, that's about, about, you? about me. Yeah. Yeah. So like I, I wrote like eight to them and they wrote some back to me. And that was one of them. And I was like, that's a really nice one. Like just showing up and just being there is is what is good. That's all that I need to do. As someone that is just getting to know you, it's been so much fun getting to know you. Like like our time. Likewise. Like, like there's a reason why I'm, I'm here. And it's like. 
and like I'm already being like, oh damn it, like I don't want this podcast to end because it's always just been like I'm like fascinated by dancing with your brain and Same. like who you are. Yeah. It's I know I we I don't want to take a break, but we normally do have to. But I just want to keep talking. Yeah. But we do have to take a break. We'll so keep we will talking during the break and then they'll just have to guess what we were talking about. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break while Ross gives us an extra piece of advice you can find at Just a Tip Podcast on Instagram. And we'll be right back to keep dancing with each other's brains. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center. Thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we're back! <laughs> the only thing we talked about was my karaoke song, which is What's Your Fantasy by Ludacris? And here's the thing I have about karaoke songs. They should be less long. Keep them shorter. You don't need the last chorus because everyone's already done with the song. I think it's a, like a case-to-case basis. Like, like I disagree rem- instantly. <laughs> Resistance. <laughs> um, I, I like remove the guitar solos, please. Well, unless you're doing a joke, <laughs> like an air guitar bit. <laughs> I, I mean, everyone needs their time to shine, Ross. Even the guitar. You're right, and then it's like, like hit it to that guy, and you just kind of like point, and like kind of nod to no one in the corner. Yeah, sometimes it needs to be gone, but I just feel like we're all phoning it in after the second verse. Like, especially if you're doing a Fresh Prince of Bel Air theme song. Uh huh. Well, oh, they have the extended version. Why? Because because <laughs> I know because I did it one time, and like the whole bar, it's it is a crowd pleaser. Yes. Until it gets to like the third verse. Did you know there's a third verse? Yeah, I mean, no I, one knows it. I I did because I'm a nerd, and like I I went and I learned that. Like, okay, I'm gonna I, have to learn this. Well, I practiced OPP by Naughty by Nature, okay, so that I could do it for karaoke. Sure. Like, I spent hours in my room, like being like, oh, this is difficult. I got to get this down. <laughs> so because I was like, I'm gonna go to karaoke and I'm gonna slay this song, and yeah. like people are gonna like. Love it. Like our, our intentions are the same. It's like we're going to hit the crowd pleaser number you to get to. the whole room going. That's what karaoke is about. Though. Karaoke is half you singing like an idiot and half you being a DJ. Yes. That's yes. what it is. Yeah. Don't be good at karaoke. Get off the stage. 
if you're going to be good. Like, you mean like sing like it's an American Idol audition? Yeah. Which is such an L.A. thing and probably New York. Honestly, I think people do it to get more stage time here. Yeah. It's like, like I'm, I'm like, going to an open mic and then I'm going to sing by karaoke and get a quick five in. <laughs> <laughs> they choose the longest song. It's Freebird for November some reason. November Rain. Yeah. <laughs> get off. Yeah. What, what else are you super into aside from training for karaoke right now? Like anything that you think everyone should know about in this world? Something <sighs> that you're completely obsessed with? This is like, okay, health. Like, I've been really into, <laughs> I hope it, I hope this resonates with your audience. Like, <laughs> this guy, Anthony William, it's the medical medium. His story is is incredible, but on Instagram, like, I, I was checking out his Instagram, and just, like, the healing power of, like, the foods that he recommends. Oh, yeah. Food is medicine. And, like, I've dealt with skin issues my whole life, and it's just, like, I, I always kind of credit it to puberty. And then I was 27, and I was like, I'm pretty sure I'm done with puberty, <laughs> and yet this is still here, and I'm tired of feeling like a teenager. Yeah. And so, like, I I was going to do Accutane, but I've heard so many negative things about, like, the long-term effects of Accutane, and not to shame anyone that's done it, but I was, like, clear that, like, I have a sensitive system. This is going to fuck me up. Mm-hmm. So I went looking for alternative things, and I found this this guy, Anthony Williams, and he talks about the like just celery juice in the morning and the power of that and cleaning out your system and how acne is actually a symptom of something greater that's going on. And it's like, I'm, I don't want to treat the system. I want a symptom. I want to treat the root cause. So by introducing these new things into my diet, which is just fruits and vegetables, mm-hmm. but you've heard of them, the yeah. duo. Yeah. Yeah. The big old, the big two, the big two. Yeah, they're like the Laurel and Hardy of our food world. Um, <laughs> but the, the, I, I like fruits. I like I like fruits. I don't like vegetables so much. But like if I could be laser and be like, well, this will treat this. I could actually consciously create my meals and my desserts Mm -hmm. around the things that would naturally heal my body. And like I've noticed like my skin has cleared up. My I've dropped like a ton of weight. Like I used to get like pimples on my chest and whatnot. And like those have gone away. Nice. Yeah. So it's like that was something that I got like really into. And it's it's not a funny thing, but it's like. I, I am like geeking out and nerd out about that. And I think that we all have issues of our health that we're like hiding from people. Um, and so there are cures out there that aren't like, I have to go to a doctor or I have to talk about my friends to my friends about this stuff because for the most part we don't like, I yeah. would never talk with my friends about my skin. Mm-hmm. Like it wouldn't be like, oh, I'm kind of bummed about this. I pretend like everything was fine and everything felt fine. Um, but it was always something every morning I'd look up in the mirror and I'd see it. And even if it was for a second, it would carry weight. Totally. And so having that type of thing that I hope this information helps someone out there. Absolutely. So much. I have uh, plenty of health issues, but like we don't see it until it's like debilitating us. Yes. And like, why don't you take care of it sooner? And it's just from what we eat. And I eat like trash a lot. But then sometimes whenever things are acting up, I'm like, okay, let's let's do this whole thing again. And if you just continue to eat eat right or well enough yeah and i like you're fine i have like, that's why i established my baseline so it's like i bacon. can have bacon the baseline Minus bacon, bacon the baseline that bacon baseline <laughs> um if i establish my baseline then when i have a little bit of this bacon that i'm going to have it doesn't f- it doesn't fuck up my whole day yeah it or like my week or it's not like oh like i'm doing this thing like i can now that i've like done the groundwork to kind of clean out my system there is flexibility mm-hmm so that that was cool because I want freedom in life. I want to experience everything. And it's like if I have to be strict for two months or three months to clean out my stuff so I can go back to living the life that I want to live yeah, and looking the way that I want to look and feeling the way that I want to feel, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Get the duo. Give me what's your least favorite vegetable and I'll tell you a way to make it good. Please. Um, 
my least favorite vegetable, eggplant. Is that a vegetable? Yeah. Yeah. So you're going to slice that bad boy up, uh-huh. slather some olive oil on it, salt uh-huh. and pepper, put that in the oven for 350, at 350, uh-huh. for until it's done. And then, and how do you, how do you, you, know, you don't really know until you know. Okay. Is it so? <laughs> it's like love. Cooking is, it, is like love. Is it crispy? Yeah, you don't know until you know. <laughs> is this love? Is this done? You have salmonella. I guess not. <laughs> I, I think like with eggplant, it's the texture. It is not good. Yeah. <laughs> but also, oh, here's another thing. Oh, 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 I figured it out. Okay. This is what you do. You chop it up into slices as I've aforementioned. Yes. And then you uh, get you scramble one egg. Okay. Yolk, so you, and then you dip it in that so that you have like a, an adhesive. Then you get panko breadcrumbs. You flip it on that. Cover it in breadcrumbs. Put it on a sheet in the oven. 350 again. <laughs> and bake that shit. Uh-huh. And so it becomes like a, a chicken parmesan cutlet, but... But eggplant. without the chicken or okay. the parmesan, it's yeah. really just an eggplant cutlet. Uh, I can, I think I can augment that to fit my my baseline. Yeah, which and is, then you yeah. slather it with aioli. Oh, Ooh, I love a good aioli. It's the best. Honestly, what is it besides heaven? Besides a little heaven cream? Aioli. Well, I like a little spicy aioli. Ooh, like a paprika with mm, paprika? No, that's like a like maybe like a chipotle. Ooh, chipotle aioli. Yeah, chipotle aioli. Mm. <laughs> what is aioli if it's not a heaven cream? Oh, Heaven Cream sounds like a really good name for like a, a product line. Ooh, or come. Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to our first question, or maybe first and only question. We have gotten so far off topic, which I love, but here goes a topic about. Ooh, you can choose. This is a choose your own adventure. Do you want a question about from aggressively angry, or do you want a question from living with X? Oh, I have judgment about both of them. We can go let's, with, yeah. let's go quick. We can do both. Okay, okay. Let's do living with X first. Okay, living with X. Here we go. So I'm 30 years old and two months ago, I broke up with my fiance and due to logistical reasons, we're still living together and the lease for our flat is up this summer and we plan on moving out after that. But the problem is her financial situation is really not stable and like she recently brought up the possibility of us moving in together again but like with with another roommate and I know me living with her would make things easier for her financially but like I'm just not sure it would be the best thing for me uh, so do you think uh, would living together make it worse for the breakup or how can I even walk away without feeling like I'm completely leaving her stranded thanks Ooh, what, you have things? He's where snapping. Where else in your life are you taking care of others before taking care of yourself? Where is it? Ah, where else in your life are you taking care of others before taking care of yourself? Where uh, is it? Uh, where else in your life are you taking care of others before taking care of yourself? Uh-uh. Right? Like, yes. that's like, yeah, it's like you have such a big heart and it's so clear here and there's a lot of love there. And I have a question to ask you, which is how are they ever going to learn how to take care of themselves when you're always there taking care of them? One thousand percent. And you can do it with love and you can have a conversation with them and a vulnerable conversation that's like, I love you. I want to support you. And like, I this wouldn't be loving to actually stay there and do that. And, right. and there's the, I love you. Thank you. Goodbye. I don't know how long you guys were together for. First the of all, fiance's. love your accent. Yeah, but that could happen in two months. Whoa. <laughs> like we've all heard that. How quick yeah. are you getting into things? I've been uh, meaning to ask you a question. Uh, <laughs> did you uh, be stood up by me on Tuesday? <laughs> Um, but yeah, like this, this, it's so loving and it's so wonderful. So like we, we often think like 
it's okay for me to keep doing this because we often get applauded for loving and being caring of others. And if you keep doing this, you're not actually being loving because you're just enabling this right. whole situation to keep going. Um, and if you look at your ideal life, are you really truly still living with your ex? And and are you able to go out and find the love that you want while you're still in their space? Right. I think I read a book one time that was like, I don't think it was like a singles guide, but it was something, it had a chapter in there that was like, make space for what you want to come there. Like even if you live by yourself, like have two nightstands and yep. just have like the the psychological space to have another person. It's not like, like an intentional invite to have that come into your life instead of like don't put your bed next to the to the window or something or yeah. like have enough space for two people to coexist create a vacuum that will attract that thing that you're looking to attract mm -hmm. and and like you like I think about it as in terms of a tooth extraction, right? Okay. Like if you, I also think of love like pain. Yes, <laughs> and and uh, and what is it, the stuff that they put on your mouth? That makes Novocaine. You Novocaine. No, like the noxious gas, <laughs> oh. the laughing gas. Um, but yeah, like if you take out a tooth, it had there's like a pocket, right? Yeah. And it feels like awkward because you're used to having a tooth in that in that pocket. Um, but if you keep putting something into that pocket, then that pocket will never heal. So yeah. it's like you really need that open space to allow the healing. And it feels awkward because we're used to having something in there. But then slowly but surely, the space will start to contract. Yeah. And you'll get to have something new kind of evolve from beneath that and come up and create its new space. Yeah. I love that. Isn't that fun? It is really fun. My main, like, Ixie's worry for her is how does she say this to a person that that – the person will hear her that's loving and not like, I am stranding you. Because if they're the only person that's financially responsible in this relationship, uh, I, I guess I'm just nervous that the other person won't see it as loving and will see it as, I mean, they probably will. We all make up our own stories for what happens to us. Yeah. And, and even if like you can't control how they see it, yeah, you can only control your intentions and how you're going into it. And even like taking a breath and going like, I'm nervous to say this. Right. Like letting them know where you're coming from and saying this. And you're like, I like that's why I phrase it like, say, I love you first. Like, I love you. And right. right. No, but no, and, but right. This is like I, I'm in a conflicted situation here because I love you and I want to support you. And this doesn't work for me anymore. Yes. So it's like I'm, I'm here are the ways in which I'm willing to support you, um, which could be like I will move out. Right? Like, if that's something right. that you're comfortable doing, like, I'm going to remove myself from the situation. And so many people leave a relationship and continue to talk to their ex because it's comfortable. Yep. And they're like, well, this is, they're my best friend. It's like, yeah. And, and you need the time to heal. And you guys can come back together later when the things have healed and have a new relationship. But to go from, like, like I think it's an illusion. It's a delusion to mm. think that you can go from having some sort of a romantic entanglement, an intimate relationship in that way, ending the intimacy, and then just thinking that everything else is going to proceed as it was. You can't. You can't. You I've can't never seen it done done in that way. It, I don't think it exists. Yeah. So our our closing tip for her is get Take out. Take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Get out for you. Make sure everybody's cool. But also, I do really love where else is it showing up. Because oh, yeah. 
that tells you so much. And also just like when I think I've mentioned it either in another episode or on YouTube, like whenever you start feeling resistance to something, like ask yourself why, yeah. what's going on for you? Like, where are you also feeling it in your, in your body? And that's such like a cognitive behavioral therapy thing. But like <laughs> I was telling you the other day, I, I feel a lot of stuff in my clavicle when I feel like I'm being like held down like a seatbelt. So it's that's so that's right in me. the throat, right? That's kind of close to the throat. Do you feel it like closer to your throat or closer to your heart? Literally, like so, shoulders, shoulders, clavicle, shoulders. If I feel anxious, it's pins and needles on my arms. Mm. But clavicle is always when I feel like if I feel embarrassment, if I feel shame. Oh, well, embarrassment and shame is usually my my uh, face. But when I, I feel out of place, or I feel like I'm not good enough, or I feel really like just bad, is so clavicle. So that's so me in, in my. So that's so, so clavicle. clavicle. That's classic clavicle. When's that shirt coming out? <laughs> oh, that's so clavicle. Oh, that's so clavicle. <laughs> okay, let's hit this next question. We're on like the quickest. Okay. <laughs> the quickest version of this because I just I love your insight and I want everyone to have it. Mom. So I'm 25 years old and honestly I'm just always angry. I've always been a really intense and aggressive person at baseline even as a child. But lately, I've noticed that I'm angry at basically everything. At first, I attributed it to the fact that I'm in a rigorous master's program and I'm under a ton of stress, and I moved back in my, with my parents to save some money because student loans. But it's honestly everything. I find myself ranting about people that I dislike, the traffic, school, stress, living with my parents, the attack on women's rights, the patriarchy, global warming, you name it, I'm angry. Um, I feel like I just don't have anything good to say or share anymore, which is making me incredibly sad and also making my relationship suffer. Any advice on how to be less angry with the world? Thanks. Oh, I love this question. I'm like so happy that she's reaching out. Right. And I'm like, I wish I had the perfect answer for this. You don't? Uh, Ross Abbott doesn't have the perfect answer I for was this? Like, I was like, this one's Megan's. Like, that oh, was because the- I'm so angry? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I mean... I, I feel like I don't get as angry as I get so upset or, like, d- disappointed. So, like, I don't think I'm angry about anything, which is, like, I also hate the fact that I am saying that because I know some people are, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. Yes. And that that and that saying is, like, oh, do I really have to be angry do if I I'm paying attention? Do I have to attention? be angry or can I— can I hit it from the other side of the spectrum of like, of such like a woo woo of saying this, but like, can it be love? Can it? Yes. Like it can. So I heard a saying once that there's only two things in this world, which is love and desperate cries for it. Oh my God. I love that. Isn't that incredible? Yes. And so like, first of all, I love this caller because I do too. they are done with being angry. Which is the best they place have, to start. Yeah, they wouldn't have called in if they were like, I, I, I'm looking for a way out of this, which tells me that your anger isn't serving you anymore. Right. And, and I'll tell you, like, I've, I was actually expecting the voice to be much angrier sounding. I didn't yeah. get anger from her. It was chipper. So I guess my question is, and you have this story about, like, I've always been an angry kid. So it would be really hard to change with that story of this is who I am at my core. Mm-hmm. And I guess my question for you is like when you feel joy, because you have felt joy in your life, like what's been the circumstances around it? And when the anger comes up, what are the real stories that you're telling yourself underneath it? Mm-hmm. And usually when people are angry at student loans or the system, right? It's it's very much like a helplessness. Help, right, it's exactly is what, what you're about to say? say. So it's like... Um, the thing that just came to my mind is focus on helping others because if you feel helpless for to help yourself, 
um, shift outside of yourself and like really like look into the world, not the greater world, because that could be overwhelming, but to start with like just what around you can you do to, to help others? Um, and, and start to look at like, why am I really angry? Like I, I feel, and I'm just going to project and assume a bunch of things about this person. <laughs> As and, we always yeah. do. And honestly, like to this person, did she give a name or anything like that? Aggressively angry. Aggressively angry. If you want to like hit me up on Twitter or Instagram, I'm happy to have a longer conversation about this because I, I want to know how this turns out. Mm-hmm. But um, like uncovering the, the beliefs that you have about yourself and you, the control that you have in your own life. Because I know like when I moved back in with my parents, like I reverted so quickly to my old ways of being. We always do. Yeah. And it was because I felt pathetic. Like I was like, I'm not a man. I'm living at home with my parents. I can't sustain myself. Even though I was like, I'm doing it for the right reasons. Those thoughts were still there. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, the biggest shift is going from having a victim mentality of this is happening to me to the responsible mentality of I created this. Right. And it's, it's hard to look at I created this, especially when it's like, I, well, I didn't create the patriarchy. And it's like, no, you, you didn't, but you've also made the choices either in a mindset or in your life that have put you at the behest of it. Mm-hmm. So there are certain places like you, you don't have to go into your master's program. You don't have to try and get a job in the rat race. You don't have to try and please the angry man boss. Um, but we have this story of like either from our parents or from society that says this is how life has to look. And therefore, I'm confined by it. But what I'm really hearing from you is that you're looking for a different world. So my invitation to you is to go and create it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God, yeah. <laughs> I love that so much. I also think that like, there's a saying that's like, life is 90% of what, ha- or 10% of what happens to us and 90% of how we react to it, yeah. which goes back to like, the events are neutral and you choose. I also read this thing the other day that I was like, oh, I love this. It's called the second arrow. Have you ever heard of this Mm-mm. concept? Uh, it was written in a, in a like, it was like a self-help art book, but it's also kind of like Buddhist adjacent. But it's basically like, a shitty thing happens to you and that's the first arrow that gets like, lodged into you uh-huh. the second arrow is you're doing it's judgment on the shitty thing that oh, happened oh you're like stabbing in yes. a second arrow so why would you if you're yeah. already hurting why would you hurt yourself more by judging your pain just accept the pain and like almost like have a conversation with it like say like thanks for being here and then figure out a way that you can deal with it or, and also feel it I think yeah. that's a lot of people I mean especially me before I got into therapy I would always just like if I felt embarrassment or shame I would just instantly think of something else and like it still it still happens to this day like it happened last week and I start I instantly got really embarrassed and then I was like oh, I gotta think of something else and then I stopped myself and I go no the work that I'm doing right now is to feel things mm-hmm. exactly uh Clementine said something earlier today was it f- uh, feelings fully felt fade Ooh, that's really good. Yeah. You have to feel them to go through them. Yeah. I, you, as Dale Thorhammer, I always say, like, you got to feel it to heal it, then you seal it. Yeah. <laughs> yep. You have to go through it to grow through it. Is that a thing that you just made up right now? No, I think I saw it on a t-shirt once. Because it's really good. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. Because it's so true. Also, it sounds nice, but really it's true. <laughs> yeah. And like, cry. Cry so much. Cry, like, cry, feel it. I've screamed into pillows so much. Uh, and yeah. like, uh, so here's something like I, my therapist was like, you're like, got like this really angry young kid in you. Mm. And 
um, I took that literally. And one time I was feeling like really rejected and that I was like, oh, this is the little kid. So I literally laid down on my bed and I like pet the part of my body where I was feeling it. Yeah. And I sang to him. Oh my God. And it was just like, it was super corny, but it- Gangster's Paradise? Yeah. Mm, we've been living <laughs> most our lives, living <laughs> in a gangster's paradise. <laughs> <laughs> We're all plain and simple guys living in an Amish paradise. So, but it, it worked. Yeah. And it was just like, I kind of like, I, I felt like I was rocking my younger self to sleep. Yeah. Um, and, you know, like a lot of our emotions are reactive. Yep. Um, and emotions are not to be trusted. Yeah. They're hard though, because they feel so real. Mm-hmm. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. Don't trust them, but listen to them. Listen to them, heed them. And like, it's like when a little kid is angry at you, right? If you ignore him, right. he doesn't get less angry. Like, but it's like, if you just like let him do his thing and like hear him out and provide the space for him or her to tantrum, yeah. then it's like, cool, they're done. Right. Yeah. You just want to be heard yeah. and seen emotions. And, yeah. And even like, like I forgot what said, but like violence is the, the, um, is the action of the unheard. Oh, like if wow. you feel unheard, like you have to resort to violence. Yeah, like like hear me, like that's that's what that is. Right. Understand me. You don't understand me. I'm going to hurt you until you understand me. Right. Oh wow, that's profound. Yes. I wish I could take credit for it. I love that. Yeah. Uh, there's also things called rage rooms that I recently read about. Breaking the plates. Yeah. Have you yeah. seen that? Yeah. yeah have yeah. you been? Um. No, but a friend of mine was like a, a like she was like a model for one of those rooms when I first a met model. Her. Yeah, like like she was like smashing plates and she was like on the wall over there. That's like this is how you do it. Oh, I've, this is how you smash a plate. <laughs> yeah, just in case you were curious about how to be angry, <laughs> it's like this. It's like yeah. this. I have never been to one, but I for some reason I was reading an article all about them. I think they started in Japan and now they made their way to the U.S. Most things start in Japan. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, rage rooms. That's so cool. I think I'll do it. Are you getting ready for the cuddle cafes that are going to make their way over here? Oh, my God. Is that a thing? Because I'm in. Well, so my friend actually runs this event called Held, which is like a safe space for non-sexual touch oh, about right. creating intimacy. And I think it's like one of the best events I've ever been to. And she does them uh, all over Los Angeles. And I'm sure she's going to take them elsewhere. But it's like one of the best experiences I've ever done. And like it's... It, they teach you cuddling positions. And I was just like, this is so cool. Wait, how many are there? How many cuddling positions? I mean, I positions? can cuddle in so many different ways. So so it's actually interesting because I felt different things in my body based on the different positions. And there's like the nurturer and the nurturee. Like, yeah. which position are you in? We're all familiar with spooning. Mm -hmm. But there's, there's a really fun one. And I thought I invented this. Um, but it's like <laughs> you're lying down head to head with the person and your head is on their shoulder oh, and their I love head is, this. you've done that one yeah yeah um so like that's a really great one and then there's like one where you like hook your legs around someone else's legs and their legs are up so it's like a loop swoop and pull um <laughs> i i was just like tie really, the knot no tie our legs tie our legs let's get entwined <laughs> um but uh, yeah it's, it's called held yeah, and, yeah. Uh, if you Google like held Aviva, her name's Aviva Mohelner, and she's amazing. But that um, sounds so nice. There's so much cool stuff happening out here in Los Angeles that's like just starting to like, you know, go into the rest of the country and the rest of the world. Like, I'm so excited for my friends that are up to these amazing things to truly like 
conquer the world and like because we're we're all we're on the same team, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. We all are like I just want love and connection. Even right. if I'm like I don't like people, like why mm-hmm. don't you like people? It's because people have hurt you, and in that moment, all you wanted was for them to like you, <laughs> right. and you know, like like it's the the deeper underlying thing. All there is is love mm-hmm. and desperate cries for it. I love that. I almost don't even want to say anything else and just end it there. Let's end it there. Let's end it there. We have to. Ross, thank you. Where can people find you on the internet? On the internet, uh, at the Ross Everett across the board on everything, YouTube, Instagram. And then uh, stopstoppingtheunstoppable.com yeah. is the the hub for the book, the hats, the, the live show. I'm doing a show on August 14th at the Dynasty Typewriter Theater. Incredible. And so excited for that one. Me too. Yeah. And uh, yeah, just new things are coming. No, a lot of new things are coming. Yay! We'll be here every step of the way rooting you on. Thank you. Thank you so, so, so much for being here. I love that. We did it. I think we helped a lot. If you have a sticky situation or burning concern, email us at justatipshow at gmail.com and be sure to sign off sleepless in Seattle style so we don't out your true persona. Give us your age and we'll give you quasi-wisdom. Win-win for everyone! Okay, Russ, let's go live our lives to the fullest. I'm already doing it. Hey! (laughs) That was a HeadGum Podcast.